Today's going to be a fun podcast because we're talking TikTok. And I know a lot of people use TikTok and I've kind of referenced it before here and there, but today I'm going to go in on it a bit. And I thought you might be interested, especially from the title, which is, was TikTok mentioned in the Sira. And for those of you who are not familiar with the word Sira, it basically means uh, bibliography, but technically it really means um, kind of Islamic history. Was TikTok mentioned? The answer is yes and no. And I'm gonna get to that in a minute because obviously no TikTok wasn't around then, but had it been, it would have easily fallen into this other thing that yes, was very much mentioned. And I think what's really important for us as Muslims is to stop thinking that stuff is new when it's just the same old stuff, we're gonna do it. Let's talk about it. TikTok and Islam in the Sira. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, coming to you every week with just things that you guys are asking for. And today's podcast is actually kind of a response to a ton of buzz around a topic that I brought up when I was inside of Thrive. And I just want to let you know before I start, there is so much good stuff happening this summer, and I just want you guys to get excited on the podcast. One, um, we're going to do a travel tips series. It is summer, and let me tell you, we live in New York City, and my husband recently had to drop some family members off um, at JFK, which is the big airport there, and he was like, oh my goodness, they have opened up the floodgates that people can travel during COVID, at least in this part of the world. I don't know about where you are, and he's like, people are going crazy. He's like, the flights are, you know, like... And, you know, like with anything else, I feel like sometimes the airlines take total advantage. So there is a bit of that going on, too. But for the most part, um, you know, people are just doing crazy domestic travel. International is like eh, it's a little bit more um, like slow to roll out. But domestic is crazy. And um, so travel tips are something that I really, really want to share with you. But I'm going to be telling you how to get like cheap airline flights. I, I'm a person I travel all over the world. I go to Africa, I go to Asia, I go to Europe, I go to, I go to everywhere. And I'm about to travel, as you guys know, to, um, it's debatable what I can call this next one. So it's Africa, and I'm going to go to Asia slash Europe. And I say that because I say Turkey, and it's a joke, right? Because supposedly it's on the Asian side, it's on the European side, and it's not part of the union, or it is. Like, you know, this is this whole thing back and forth, but whatever. It is what it is. And we might travel into Greece as well. Now, I do all this stuff on a dime. I'm extremely frugal. So I'm very excited to roll out an entire travel tip series. I might do it via YouTube as well. Um, but you know, I'm faster rolling out things in the podcast here and just giving you how I get things like on the cheap. Like I went, I think I stayed in Southeast Asia for a month and there was like a whole bunch of us, like five of us and including tickets, accommodation, food, um, fun, everything altogether. I think it was max $4,300 to spend an entire month. And for you guys who know, usually a one-way ticket to something like Malaysia from the US is like $1,200. We got it on a dime and there's certain little things I do and I'm going to share them with you probably in a three or four part ser uh, series on travel tips. I think you guys are going to love it. Upcoming as well, are um, we're going to do a revert series some basic advice for reverts I think is really, really critical. And I know there's a lot of reverts out there. And when I say revert, it could be um, your, you know, revert recently or not recently. I know people have mentioned that to me once, like it doesn't really matter how long you could be one year or you could be 20 years, like this stuff is going to hit home. And also we're going to do some 
summer food and mom hacks and parenting hacks. I know we got kids home for the summer. It's crazy with moms. I got you covered. No worries. Uh, we have the Hedja coming up. I'm going to give you like some uh, tips for that. A part one, part two, maybe for the Hedja. We have a ton coming up. By the way, and I'm only going to throw it out there. All right. Speaking of TikTok, because today's the topic, um, I kind of just started a TikTok. If you guys love me, I would love you for to go over it and show me some love on TikTok because I am legit just starting. And I know, you know, on Instagram, we're pretty good. You know, we have X amount of K, you know, 30K or 40K, whatever. But like with things like YouTube, I'm kind of just dabbling in it. And um, TikTok, we're weekly posting now, like it's on. And so since the topic is TikTok, go on to TikTok, follow us because we're about to put a whole bunch of stuff up. Don't want you to miss it. Inshallah, business data. All right. Enough with what's happening in the summer. That's July, August. Very excited as we travel across the world. We'll be sharing our tips and um, our our like cool things that we see. Very, very excited to share a lot with you guys. Follow us on Instagram for most of that day-to-day stuff and some YouTube videos we'll be putting up. All right. So today's topic is definitely TikTok in the Sierra. All right. So let's get down to it. So I was in my halakha. And I start off with a thoughtful question. We broke out into kind of a chat. And I normally wouldn't mention this part. I was actually not planning on mentioning this part. But for the sake of asking you the same question, I think it's a good thing to open up and think about. And the question I posed to them was actually something from um, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. Um, he had stated that when you give something up for the self, he had stated that another you know scholar had stated that uh, when you give up something for the sake of Allah, Allah replaces it with something better. And that is an absolute truth. And I think until you have experienced Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by like actually giving up something, something you really, really care about, then you just can't get that the same way. So I had opened that up and I had gave it to so many women and we broke into groups. And as we broke into groups, um, I asked them to share their stories of inspiration to inspire one another, right? So I didn't plan it. But one by one, the women started to mention that they gave up music. And a couple of them actually also was like, I gave up music and I started listening to podcasts and that's how I found Mindful Muslima. And now I replaced music with her. And like that was like touching my heart, right? And at the same time, um, you know, women were just one by one. Most of the stories were related to music. Now, ironically, when I shared my personal story, and I had a, we did not plan this. Like I had a similar story and I just was prompted on it because I think I went into one room and some of the girls were really, really shy as because we have a couple breakout rooms and stuff. And one of them were shy and I was like, you know what, I'm going to share with you something that really changed my life. And for those of you who have listened to the podcast I've done previous where I talk about how I was able to memorize Quran, I, I think I might have spoken about it in Ramadan. Um, if, if you're struggling to memorize Quran, you just can't do it the main thing that usually stops people and they don't realize it is music. And Rasulullah I'll have to pull up the hadith. I don't have it in front of me right now, so I'm going to paraphrase. And um, I do that with confidence just because I know it's it's sahih. But at the same time, I don't have it in front of me and I'm going to say that. Um, he basically mentioned in paraphrasing that um, like the music and Quran, they cannot live in the same place in the qalb. He, they cannot live in the heart. And so like when one is present, the other one is not present. And so... This makes sense because if you ever see like qadis or people like who memorize Quran, like have the Quran, usually they're not like huge music people, right? They're usually huge Quran people. It doesn't mean, you know, Allahu Alam what people do in their own privacy, 
Um, but my point is like these people who are extremely successful, rarely do you see them living a double life where they're equally like into music, you know? And so subhanAllah, I had a similar experience. Um, my parents were not religious as you guys know. So a lot of you guys listen to me and you think like, oh, she like, you know, was raised this amazing family. And so that's why she can do all that stuff. Not true. Right. If you guys have heard my podcast before, and actually my, my father was a musician. And so there was all kinds of musical instruments in my house and it was totally promoted and everything. And I remember when I was going through a lot of stuff emotionally, especially you guys know I was um, going through a divorce and just different times in my life when things were really, really sad. I can just recall like opening the windows and like blasting the music, especially if the weather was good and just like pouring my heart out to some ballad as I like, you know, zoom down the highway and just like singing my heart out in a sad song or equally when I was in a really good mood and I was ready to go somewhere and I was happy about it, playing music and just being really excited about it. And subhanAllah, like feeling good and, you know, good vibes, good music, sad vibes, sad music. And it kind of was like that. And subhanAllah, one thing that I realized is no matter what it was, like that music just kind of hyped me or pumped me to feel more of whatever that feeling was. If it was, in it, and you know, people have that with angry music too. Like sometimes it's like angry music when you're mad about something and something happened to you and you play this like, yeah, you know. And then like, so like whatever it is, it kind of just like exacerbates your emotion, right? If it's really sad, makes you sadder or just reinforces that sadness. And if it's excitement, you know, and so on and so on. And so I, one point, remember I was really struggling to memorize Quran. I had this one just like, I was at it for years. It was just pathetic. And I was just like, I cannot memorize this. And I remember at one point I had listened to an amazing, amazing lecture on YouTube that I suggest you listen to if you have time. It's by Kemal Meki. I don't know if I say his name right, but he's famous, obviously. Kemal Meki. It's called The End of Music. Now, mind you, this podcast is not about music. It's just like sidebar because I had asked the women about this. Um, but it was called The End of Music and life-changing. That video, life-changing. I pray they never take it off of YouTube. Because what happens is people talk about it sometimes, and, and YouTube is a... Um, Music is a very tricky subject, and that's why I don't really go into it. And I suggest you see a scholar, you talk to somebody knowledgeable and all that stuff if you want more questions. I'm not going to go more into it probably than I am today if I touch on it. But for the most part, I want people to know that, like, um, there's some really strong um, hadith and proof and things and stories, powerful ones in that YouTube video. So I suggest you watch it, um, Kamal Becky, The End of Music. Anyway, so I remember I had watched that. And then a couple other things, and I was making da'a, and Allah just basically drew me to, like, drop music, okay? When I say music, I mean, like, instruments, yada, yada. I will still listen to Nasheed once in a while that has no music, but never with instruments or anything like that. When I did that, Allahu alam, within two months, I finished the entire juz. Because no longer did I have music playing in my ears. It was just literally the Quran. And from then on, and by the way, we don't actually have music in my house ever with instruments or anything. I don't do music. Even you guys hear my intro. That's Ala uh, Wardi. And it's no music, no instruments. Everybody's like, haram. And I'm like, there's no instruments. I don't listen to instruments. Anyway, so the point is... Um, <laughs> my kids, they, they don't have any music. We don't like play music like that. Just we play nasheed with no instruments. And so my kids are always humming the Quran, like from a baby to toddler to nine-year-old in the back, humming Quran, everything Quran, dhikr, because they literally, that's what is in their head because that's what we play. And so it's life-changing. So for parents, just want to say that that effect happens as well. And for, and for women of any age, 
when you make a huge change in yourself, the ripple effect happens in your family. So that one decision for myself changed my family because now the children easily memorize Quran because they don't have that distraction. So just throwing that out there. So I'd shared this story basically inside the halakha that I'm sharing with you. And then we opened up the topic of TikTok. And so we had opened up with what have you given up where Allah has only given you better. So I was sharing, I gave this thing in my family that was like, we did this for our whole life, our whole life. My, we had piano lessons and violin lessons. And my father was the director of music somewhere. Like it was just in it. And when I gave that one thing up, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me incredible ease to memorize Quran. So if you're struggling with that to memorize Quran, this could be something huge for you that can make a big difference. So then we got into the topic of TikTok. Now, I'm going to tell you a very famous story today that is not so well known. I don't know why. A lot of born Muslims even. So it's not like you're a new Muslim. So, oh, I didn't hear it. Like born Muslims don't know this story. And everything I'm going to tell you today is Sahih because you will see like many, many um, famous scholars have narrated this. Obviously, this is narrated by the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so what I'm going to tell you today is this story that comes after the story that I think we do all know, right? And so in the sirah, a lot of people don't know, and when, when you want to get close to Allah, you got to increase your knowledge. One of the best ways to increase your knowledge is through the sirah. So one of the things I do in Thrive and the topic that I've picked in the halakha right now, and we just cut it up into pieces, is I'm going through the sirah with them because it only strengthens your iman. It really, really does, and your like affirmation of being Muslim, right? So the story of uh, the Prophet, peace be upon him, his biography when he's a child, this is good. But the sira actually goes way back. It goes before then. It goes, this Ibrahim salam, and talks about Hajj. And then if you want to go way back to things related to the creation of time or before the Arabs were given uh, Islam in their time of Jahiliyyah, this is touched upon in the Sirah. Like these things and these stories where Muslims and non-Muslims collide, like these are great things, especially if you live in the West to like really get knowledgeable about because it tells you how to respond to people who challenge you, who don't accept the fact that you're Muslim. Like it's so many great stories about how to deal with times of you know, difficulty and patience with this and challenges with that. It's just really great for like life situations and challenges. So I was bringing one of those up with the TikTok. So that's how it kind of like happened. I, I called it with the TikTok. So weird. Anyway, you guys know what I'm saying. So the story was Adam and he has these two sons, right? Habil and Qabil. And so this is if you're um, coming from a Christian background, because there are some people like that coming into the podcast. Um, it's the story of Cain and Abel. So this is Cain and Abel. And so what happens is in that story, which I think we pretty much know, and if you don't, you can go and, and read about it. Just be really careful on YouTube because I think there are some. We make sure these cartoons and these things, you got to watch which ones you watch because sometimes they're like from Shia. And I know I have some Shia listeners, but I just want that to be understood for the people who are Sunni or Shia. Like um, there's sometimes that influence there or Sufi or, you know, so you have to just know where you're getting stuff from. But in that story, there's this tragedy of where Adam he has a beautiful son who is murdered by his other son. And I think we don't think about this as parents, the parenting dilemma there. Imagine one of your children murder your other children. That sounds like something that would only be on like some crazy you know, 60 minutes thing in the US or like some some Jerry Springer thing, like some something like where people are gonna be like, this is 
not something Muslims would do, but obviously these are the first Muslims and this is something that really happened. And this is one of the first instances of murder. And so in this story, we learn about the the loss there and, and the struggle of, of sibling rivalry and all that, right? So what happened after that? It kind of gets a little fuzzy. People kind of move on. They bounce into other stories. And so we're going to go directly right after what happens because this is very much related to TikTok. And that's where I think people are like, what? And I'm like, just listen. So subhanAllah, he had these two sons, Habil and Qabil. And what a lot of people don't know is right after that, after he lost that really righteous son, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gifted Adam salam with another son named Sheath or Shaith. It depends on how we're pronouncing it, right? And it literally means gift. So Adam salam, he got this son and he named him Shaith, which means gift. And, you know, after the death of his first son, he was really, really down um, because his son was just so... Um, righteous and imagine like there's not that many people living on the earth we're talking about the beginning of creation and humanity here so if you did have a companion or two you know they're really pretty important to you right and when he did have this new son um, adam salam, he became very close to him as well and he was such a good son and he was like learning the ways of his father and his father and him were close and he was raised obviously by a prophet so this um this son of his sheath, which actually ends up being another prophet. So he is a prophet that we're talking about right now. So this is the story of Prophet Sheath salam. And uh, he was very close and he grew up in this environment of understanding how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the, his parents came out from uh, Jannah, you know, to the earth. And subhanAllah, He's sharing the stories that his fathers told, the stories of the beginning of creation, which is all there is to tell at that time. And he's sharing them with his brothers and his nephews and so on, and reminding people of the beginning, reminding people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because there was nothing else to remind them of that time besides worshiping Allah alone and to be weary of shaitan. And this was the reminders of Sheikh He's reminding and reminding and reminding, right? And we know from Adam salam, he had a very close encounter with Shaitan and the tricking and the serpent and all this story. And so this was something very raw and um, how do I say fresh in the in the family. So it was something that was really conveyed, like watch out for Shaitan, because by any means necessary, he has vowed to distract and take you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your true purpose and your true calling. So what happened is, you know, she ended up becoming an older person to the point where after even his father passed, he was ruling his people and he was ruling them in accordance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's law. And there was really, really great unity with his people. But, you know, shaitan, he can't stop plotting. So at one point. There was, you know, and Sheetha, he had descendants and those descendants and descendants. And we're talking about, you know, now like humanity expanding, right? But then on the other flip side, we had Qabil, right? Or, or Cain, who had this aggressiveness in behavior. And he too had descendants, right? And he had greed and arrogance and this kind of tough, tough character. He was a bit difficult to get along with. So at one point, he decides to leave the rest of the clan or the group or the tribe, however you want to call it, 
and go his own way. So the people of Shethja, in case you want to get a visual, they lived in the mountainside. So in, this is where they are, right? So Qabil decides, you know what, like I'm taking off and I'm taking my group with me and we're going to go, you know, down to this other part in the flatland farther away, basically like, let's say like the valley, right? So we have Sheath and his people more like in the high part of the mountain. And Qabil is like, I'm going to go down there. Like I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to deal with you people anymore. Because mind you, if he has this type of a heart and then she this has a heart, it's close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And um, again, we have to think about the resentment, right? That could have existed in the heart of um, of that that man, you know, that, that uh, Qabil because of, you know, what he's going through and his family and, and the way his father only loves those who love Allah. Not, not that he doesn't love his son, but, you know, we have to imagine, I'm sure he didn't, uh, wasn't inclined to him the same way as somebody who's disobedient, who's murdering, who's cheating, who's lying. You know, this is, we love what Allah loves and we hate what Allah hates, right? And, and even though we love our children, we can still dislike what they do. And so I'm sure he showed some dislike of that. And of course, it didn't rub well with Qabil, right? So he's like, I'm gone. And, you know, his father is gone by now. But but still, you know, this thing that lives on in our chest from our parents, right? So he's going on and he's 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 decided, like, I don't want to listen to this, like, Allah thing, right? I just want to, like, do my own thing. Now, they were still believing people, his people, but they're less, they're a little bit more difficult, let's say, right? So he's going down into the flatlands and later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings like a ruling to Sheath that his people can no longer mix with the other group of people, which is the descendants of Qabil. Now, there was a distinct um, sign for it. And there was something that happened where they were told not to be with each other. But you know what happens with the youth, right? The youth always has to test everything, right? They have to like know why and like what's going on over there. What are they doing? So one day a group of men from the side of Sheath, or Sheath they um, started to go down the mountainside. They wanted to see what was happening down with the other group because, you know, that's exciting and that's, you know, it's not like today we don't have social media. It's their own entertainment, right? And they were, you know, like I said, good practicing people. And let me just pause that part of the story there to go down and tell you what was happening down in, in the valley part where Qabis descendants were. SubhanAllah, Shaitan, he has availed to distract humanity at any cost, right? We know this, right? And so SubhanAllah, he, it is, it is uh, told in the narration that Iblis himself took the form of a young boy because we know that he can do that, right? And uh, like an apprentice. And he went to a blacksmith and he used to work with metal. And he asked basically if he could like apprentice with him. And what he did is he worked with him and he was there. And while he was there doing that, he designed this flute. And when he came out of the, the blacksmith's, you know, area or hut or whatever you want to call it, he had this flute. And he brought it out to the people of Qabil. And he started to make sounds with it that people had never heard before. So I want you to imagine that music didn't exist at this time. And so what he did was he brought this flute out and he's making the sounds with the flute in a very beautiful way. And people are like, what is that, right? And now he, he created it and then there was this little drum 
and he beat it and so he's doing a drum and and, and by the way duff there's nothing wrong with duff and this is permissible but i'm just saying he brought these other things with it and after a while we have these instruments and this created a sound and that created a sound and he's got some metal and he's hitting the metal and he's like doing all types of you know and then he made a bugle and he started blowing it and this sound came and it and it, it got people a little bit excited think about it this is this is the entertainment of the time back then right and they got really excited and he started to play some of the flute and the music so well that people got really really into it like really engrossed in it and slowly they started to kind of move their body to it you know like kind of like if you're playing music and then you just like you hear a beat and maybe your head starts bobbing or your hips stop moving or you start tapping something on the paper like like you just feel naturally inclined by the body and this is something that shaitan he started to do with the people and now he introduced it really slowly like a curiosity thing but slowly slowly after a while the people got really distracted by it to the point where they would come out their houses they would start to maybe forget some of the commandments of Allah Allahu alam like if they're late for salah or something they start to get engrossed in it to the point where they would have these regular meetings like a friday night or a saturday night where they would just go and meet just to go and hear the sounds and subhanallah they started to get really excited about it and he kept telling his people that you know um shaitan kept telling the people like you know to come and meet and 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 then other people would learn how to play the instruments and they would bring people to come and meet and it just got became like a regular thing and i want you to think about like the typical friday night right or the typical saturday night where everybody just meets now somehow this was started to happen right and this is what was going on in the valley let's go back to the young curious men who are coming down the mountain want to know what was happening down there. Let's think like teens and younger guys want to know what's happening down there. So, subhanallah, always there's a test, right? It just so happened that the men coming down the mountain, the men on the descendants of Sheath, they were very good looking. And this is not something I'm making up. This is the narration that they were very good looking. And their women were like, eh, they weren't like as good looking as the men. And it just so happened that in the descendants of Qabil, the women were very good looking and the men eh, right and so the women on one side super good looking don't have a bunch of guys as good looking as them the men from the other side super good looking they don't have women as good looking maybe as them Allahu right and subhanallah they decide one day i'm going to go down the mountain and i'm going to see what's down there so they're going down the mountain and then they, I want you to imagine them like perching behind rocks or whatever and looking down and seeing one of these Friday nights, Saturday nights. Now at this point, there were gatherings where men and women were mixing and dancing to the music, like vibes, everybody's vibing, everybody's feeling good. They're shaking, they're moving, they're feeling it in their body, they're excited, they're happy, they're smiling, and there are these sounds and smiling and moving and sounds. And so the guys are looking out at the mountain and they're like, what is this? What do they have that we're missing out on? And then they're looking at the women, like I said, who are pretty good looking. Now, while they were looking at the women, the women noticed up into the mountain that the men were there, some of them, and they started looking at them. 
And all of a sudden, it is described that they, they, they changed or emphasized their dancing to dance in a way that was very attractive to the opposite sex, which are the guys up in the mountain. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is described as the narration goes, that this is tabarruj. And tabarruj is displaying your beauty. Basically like what we would say today, shaking it, all right? I'm not going to get vulgar. Like shaking it in a way where if you saw a guy and you knew he was watching you, that you would shake or move or twist your hips or do this or do that. I don't want to get into it because you know a guy is watching you and you know he can't touch you, right? But you're doing this in a very attractive manner. And so they started to do this and it was called tabarraj. And subhanAllah, the guys were like, woo, they got crazy over it. And they decided I need to run back to my village, tribe, whatever, and tell them what in the world is going on down here. This is crazy. So they're going back to tell the peop the other descendants of Sheath. Now, mind you, because the shaitan, Billah, has got the people so deep into it in the descendants of Qabil, already we have, Billah, before we had the first instance of murder, right, with Habil and Qabil, now we have the first mass instance of people disobeying Allah leaving the prayers, delaying the prayers, you know, and doing what is the mixing of men and women, which is not allowed, especially in instances of gatherings and socials and partying. And then we have one of the other great major sins, the first time it is ever committed at a mass scale, which is zina. And this is the first mass instances of zina that is recorded in the Islamic history. Now, for those of you who don't know what zina is, it is adultery, right? It is men and women fornicating with one another. Because you can't imagine those women, you know, like maybe they're really great looking and the guys aren't as great looking. But when you have women twisting all about and men there, eventually somebody's going to come a little close and closer and closer. And then somebody's going to get interested and somebody's going to start talking and somebody's going to invite somebody somewhere and something's going to happen. Because that's life, right? Let's all not pretend it's not. And what we were mentioning is that the people who came down to visit from the people of Sheath, they were good people. They were believing people. But it doesn't matter how believing and good you are. If you are exposed to things that challenge you, that there are fitna. And so eventually they came down the mountain, eventually. And eventually they also engaged in zina. And subhanAllah, what I want all of us to know is it doesn't matter how religious, quote unquote, you are. When you are have things in front of you that are things that are challenging, that are a fitna, like we say, a test for you, that they're a test for everyone, even the most religious or the least religious, they are all in the same group. They were committing zina and they were disobeying Allah. Eventually, of course, Shaykh alayhi he caught wind of what was going on and he kept imploring upon his people to stop. This is, this is, abhorrent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The tabarraj, the zina, the, the, the music, the deceit, the, the, the leaving of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's laws and vows and, and, uh, and suggestions for how to live our life. And the, um, of course, you can imagine out of the zina came children of wedlock, 
for the first time, right? And all these other things, as we can imagine, transpired. And after eventually Sheikh he passed away, he passed on his his lesson to his children and his next child and his next child and his next child to carry on the legacy. But unfortunately, this practice began. And since then, it has not stopped. Now, why did I connect this to TikTok? Because one of the major things, and I'm going to be really real right now, that we know happens with women on TikTok, right? What happens is that women come on TikTok, and you know and I know that they all exist. And what do they do? They know the world is watching from down the mountain right? Because we're on TikTok. Anyone can see that. I don't care if you're in China, you're in Finland, you're in Uganda, you're in Mexico. You are watching whoever it is, as long as you have access to TikTok, right? Some girl, a, a, the, whatever trending song comes on and she starts shaking and she shakes and does tabaraj until she gets likes and likes and likes and likes and comments and comments and comments until everyone is like, woo, just like the guy's who ran down from the mountain and entered into Zinn. And I want you to imagine, sisters, the people who are watching her do tabarraj, they are men who are non-Muslims, but who are not practicing. Maybe like the descendants of Qabil, they're on, off, uh, off of the deen, right? Like they've never been introduced to the deen, whatever. The point is people who are not, you know, clearly seriously practicing, whether they're weak Muslims or in, in their heart or they're, they're actually non-Muslims who, and sometimes I'm telling you why, because these women shaking, they're non-Muslim women in, engaged in tabarraj on TikTok and they are Muslim women. I see Muslim women having their children shake with them in tabarraj to some very crazy songs. And I think I mentioned one of the last uh, podcast. I'm not going to say it again. And I can't even say some of these lyrics. I had, I had to message two sisters privately. Please, sister, I'm not sure if you're aware of the lyrics that your five-year-old is shaking to, but it was very vulgar. And subhanAllah, it's all in good fun, right? It's TikTok. It's all good fun, right? And so you have also good Muslim men going on there. Look at me. I'm a, a practicing Muslim. I go on TikTok, not for that, right? Obviously, because I'm not interested, but I'm just trying to find, you know, let's say, get to my page so I can post a reminder, right? My little profile in TikTok. Before I can get to my profile, I have to get smacked in the face by you don't want to know what. I have to open my phone in privacy away from my children because always some song comes blasting out and then my kids are like, mommy, what is that? And I'm like, nothing. You know, I don't even open TikTok around my kids. So I suggest if you're a parent, you just be careful of that too. But my point is, I've seen plenty of this. And now you're exposing me to Tabarraj. And there's women who are, um, and I'm not going to get into the LGBT community, so maybe you're shaking as a Muslim woman and you're attracting other women in Tabarraj to you because they're attracted to you because their heart is weak and they're into that stuff. And I'm just saying, TikTok is nothing new. The shaking and the attracting and the liking, and you can get a million followers in two seconds if you just wear a certain kind of outfit and you just move a certain kind of way. And it's still tabarraj. It's still the same thing that shaitan created in the time of Sheetha, alayhi So as we do this like it's not a big deal, it's adi, okay? It's not adi. It's not, a, it's not nothing. It's a big deal. We're reinventing how the shaitan took the people away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, am I, you know, demonizing TikTok? No. There are plenty of people who post on TikTok for educational stuff, 
for Islamic reminders, but I'm just saying, sisters, when you think of music from now on, I want you to remember the story of Sheath. When you think of TikTok from now on, I want you to remember the story and remember that this literally is what Shaitan used to take the children of Adam السلام, away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala since the beginning of time. It is literally not new. And they're going to make something else tomorrow that is not called TikTok. It's called something else. It's called something else. And so it's just the recreation of that same act activity, that same story again and again for generation and generation. So I had shared this on my halakha. And I thought you guys might benefit because it is something so real. And I think it just is crazy when you hear the beginnings of these things and you're like, oh my goodness, that is literally the same thing. So to answer the question, was TikTok mentioned in the sirah? Yes and no, right? Yes, because it literally, everything that's on TikTok was the same thing that happened in the story after Adam alayhi with the Prophet Sheet alayhi but obviously it wasn't called TikTok then, it was called something else. And by the name that they called it then, but today it's called something else. And tomorrow will be called something else. And the next generation, something else. But what I need our people to do is to keep their eyes peeled and to be aware that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says is not good for us, it's for a reason. Because one thing leads to the next. And in the shaitan, he couldn't come to those people and tell them shirk, Dis disobey Allah, leave Allah. That would have been, been too obvious. No Muslim is going to do that. No Muslim is going to, don't be Muslim. Haram, I'm Muslim. Eat pork, haram. You know, they're going to do things slowly, slowly. Introduce a little bit of this. Get them a little bit enticed. Get them to forget just a little. Shway, shway. Little bit, little bit, little bit. Many littles make a lot. Many littles make a lot. Until we get into the state of why am I depressed? Why do I feel so far from Allah? Well, ask yourself how much time you're you're dealing with what I just described today. How much time do you spend on TikTok? How much time do you spend listening to music? How much time do you spend listening to the Quran? How much time do you spend learning about your deen? Let's look at the honest ratio, the proportions, and then ask yourself, why might you really feel far from Allah? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draw us closer to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to be closer in our deen. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to love what he loves and hate what he hates. I hope you guys enjoyed. I will catch you next week, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.